Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best, Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again, with some more sports coming back. Some more sports, I guess that's how you could say it. But uh, yeah, hockey's back this past weekend, kicked off. Baseball started last middle of the week still around somehow even though there's more positive tests coming up with the Cardinals and, and I think the Brewers were the other team too but uh and a little bit of football talk too the opt-out letter has been official so I'm recording right now uh, Wednesday the opt-out deadline is Thursday which you'll be listening to the show by that point so we'll have a better idea of uh Who's going to be playing this year? Who's not going to be? How shitty is football going to be? All that lovely stuff. But before we get all into the show, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our Facebook page. Like and share that. And our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Also, show, show our website a little bit of love. StayTunedSports.net. Head over there. We got a link for merchandise. I'm working on possibly another spot we could go to uh, for hats and other things other than just t-shirts i know a couple of people have messaged me about uh hats and other things like that and especially with the covid going on right now uh i'm gonna try to make gator masks for everyone where i'm you know i'll be wearing at work so but like i said this past weekend uh hockey is back officially no no more exhibition games all that happy stuff that kind of like you know, wet the whistle a little bit, if you want to call it that, last week. But this past Saturday, my lovely Flyers defeated the Boston Bruins 4-1. Um, I mean, I watched, obviously, I watched the whole game. I watched the Rangers game as well. And first thing that I want to say about that that game, too, the, the, the first one was, glad they're not shying away from fighting or... You know, major hits and stuff like that because of, you know, oh, you'll get this, you split on me, you know, that type of deal. I'm glad to see it's just still, still hockey. But like I said, my Flyers playing the Bruins first period, eh, kind of looked like still a little bit of rust. Bruins the whole game just didn't look like they, they had it. You know, it seemed like they were missing a, a gear in a way. And even though it was a, a round robin, I know uh, a couple of the commentators said that even though it's a round robin, there's still some stuff at stake. This is not just a preseason game. And I just wonder if the Bruins were thinking that because the top four teams 
basically are going to be playing each other to be read reseeded. So right now the Flyers are the fourth seed. Boston Bruins were number one. Flyers play the Capitals uh, Thursday night, which uh, Brian Elliott is going to get the start, which I guess I'm okay with, even though I just said it's you know just a round robin uh, game. Uh, still some stuff, you know, uh, valuable stuff if you want to call it that. You know, I I, I would have thought maybe Carter Hart may have got another start, but he looked really great on uh, Saturday against the Bruins. Uh, stopped 34 shots, and some of them were some good, good saves. Uh, second period came along, and we ended up going up 2-0. And it was kind of funny because NBC kind of came across as being biased towards, uh, towards the Bruins because uh, third period came, and... Bruins scored, made it 2-1. As soon as that happened, they put the virtual fans up on the screen. I guess, you know, being at their house on their webcams or whatever. Obviously being upset that they just gave up a goal. But out of the four goals that the Flyers scored, not once were the Boston fans put on TV. What the hell? What the hell, NBC? But a couple of things that I, do, I did take away from the game was... Second period on, they the Flyers definitely seem like they they start to hit their groove because I'm used to the past couple of years the Flyers once they give up a goal they lose that momentum and the floodgates basically open. Now, granted, it it definitely a a plus that we have a goalie in Carter Hart now, not Steve Mason or. Even though Brian Elliott's still on the team, he, he's not a bona fide number one guy. He, he's he's a backup. You know, let's call a spade a spade. He, he's a backup. Uh, but to see the Bruins score and then literally like 10, 15 seconds later, Philip Myers just blast one into the net. That, w- that was nice to see. So I know Ron Hextall got a lot of shit when he was our GM for preaching you know patience we gotta be patient here this and that but dude knows how to draft i mean our defense was terrible for a few years couldn't we haven't had a goalie since probably ron hextall and now it seems like we we finally are shoring up all these all the the weaknesses so we'll be curious to see how they do against the capitals you know i if they could put the same type of energy out in the second and third period the rest of the way through the playoffs and Hart plays lights out like he did Saturday it's almost like we didn't miss a beat now some other news uh, from hockey now obviously you know the show comes out every Thursday morning hockey started Saturday and already we have a team eliminated I just want to say I'm sorry to our good friend King's girlfriend, who's a Rangers fan. They are finally, I shouldn't even say finally, they never really even showed up. But they're, they're out of the playoffs. They got swept by the, the uh, by the, Jesus Christ, the Hurricanes. I'm going to think for a second there. Um, so they are sitting on the couch next to the New Jersey Devils, which is obviously King's favorite team. But, uh, 
And then, to, uh, I think they're playing right now, tonight, uh, the New York Islanders are leading the Panthers 2-1 in the series after the Panthers won today. So, starting to slowly get to the nitty-gritty with these uh, best of uh, five rounds, you know, so I believe the way the round robin is they're going to play three games this week. So, they play Saturday, play Thursday for uh, as far as the Flyers. Uh because there's two games, I believe, going on tonight for the round robin as well. And then probably the weekend would be the, the final for the, the round robin. Just been a busy week for me at work, so I really haven't been able to see what the schedule was set up for the hockey. But one bad piece of news for the Flyers, though, was Michael uh, Raffle got injured on a... I don't, I don't think it was a, a dirty play. I think it just was an unfortunate play. Uh, not I can't remember which Bruins player did, but a Bruins player came up behind him when he was trying to get the puck away from the board, and basically had his feet taken out from underneath him and crashed into the board awkwardly. Stayed down for quite a while before the rest finally blew the play dead. Had to be helped uh, off the ice. Now, normally this, I think, would really hurt us because I, I, I like Raffle. I, I think he's a very good player. But we have Joel Farabee in the background there. A young kid has shown, you know, uh, glimpses of, of talent. So it's it's time for the, the little guy to step up into the big leagues here, especially in the playoffs now. So I don't think it'll be too big of a loss. I mean, it is a big loss, but I, I think Farabee will be able to... Uh, bridge that gap a little bit so other news moving on from hockey was announced Monday the XFL has been bought by The Rock Dwayne Johnson and a couple other people that are investors now he is I think I saw it was only like a 30% minority owner his ex-wife who takes care of his uh, movie career, you know, wrestling career, all that stuff. She's actually the majority owner of this. And they teamed up with Redbird Capital uh, to help buy this, buy the XFL for $15 million. That's the most surprising part for me is that it was $15 million. Very, very cheap. To me, there's a lot of red flags about this deal, I think. Now, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, Vince McMahon's, you know, said in a court document that he did think about repurchasing the league through bankruptcy, but decided not to just because he, he lost so much money with uh, just bringing the XFL back. Obviously, Dwayne Johnson is a former wrestler for WWE slash WWF or whatever you want to call them. And... Makes you wonder, is there a backdoor deal going on here? Did Vince contact The Rock and his wife or ex-wife and say, Hey, I'll give you the guys the money. Go buy it, run it for a little bit. I'll buy it off you in a couple years. Uh, it's, it's far-fetched, but there is a claim out there uh, set up basically by the, the creditors committee worrying about that 
because they felt they felt like they could have got a lot more money for the the league and they don't have proof that this backdoor deal might be happening but they have a good point of in a world of 7 billion people what is the chances that a former associate of Vince McMahon buys the league now there's there's a hearing Thursday to basically uh, approve or disapprove the sale I don't think the, the creditors have basically a leg to stand on I think this is going to go through and thing with this time around with you know The Rock and his ex-wife and this uh, Redbird Capital running it the one quote that Danny Garcia, uh, The Rock's ex-wife, kind of scares me was the fact that when asked, you know, who's going to run it, she said that she'll have some kind of executive position in the organization, but also noted that she has a lot of professional commitments. She's a bodybuilder, plus television and movie productions. She expects The Rock to be going back to filming movies, uh, movies soon. And then Redbird Capital is more of an investment group than, you know, people that have been involved in sports leagues and know how to run them. The only small part that she was quoted in saying was that she gave Vince McMahon's former executive team a vote of confidence. So it sounds like she may bring those guys back. The only person that doesn't sound like uh, that will be back is Oliver Luck, which I would have laughed if she brought it back. Um, obviously, Luck is suing Vince McMahon right now for wrongful termination. Now, also, too, uh, she was asked, would there be any change in the way the league is ran or any rules, etc.? And she was quoted saying, I think there was a lot to build on, not so much a matter of changing it. Any format change would be because of COVID-19. That would be the reason. The roots and the bones of what were there were excellent. I like the speed of play. I love the access. I think there is probably some elegance that can be added so that maybe it's not as disruptive. But being in the box when they're reviewing the calls and reviewing the penalties, those were moments when you really felt that you were with and knew the players. So that was amazing to bond with that football experience. There was a lot of great, great work. It's the opportunity to say, okay, that was fantastic. How do we make it 10 times better? That's the thing. I think 90 to 95% of what the XFL did worked. And if COVID didn't hit, I think they would have lasted the whole season. I know, you know, a couple of teams like the DC Defenders, they were garbage. Um, I know there's a couple teams that the, 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 the Viper was it the Vipers Los Angeles Vipers they were garbage but the Battlehawks they had a huge following um, the Roughnecks were a very good team so I mean they they definitely had good enough product I, I believe to keep it going and they wanted to, to keep the league going for the next three years now, the thing that 
they don't have right now, Danny Garcia, the XFL, is they have no television rights in place yet. That's huge. We've seen that with the XFL on Fox, on ABC, um, the major networks they, they, they were on. We've seen what didn't work with the AFL League. You can't be putting them on TNT or, you know, you know, a lot of people out there don't have satellite or cable or whatever it is. Everybody uses, you know, an antenna like myself. I'll, you know, I'll admit it. I, I don't have direct TV or anything like that, but that's how I watched the XFL was on my antenna because ABC is channel 16 for us. Fox is Fox 56 for us, you know, that is a major, major, that, that to me is more than half the battle to make a spring football league work and when I was reading this this article this follow up made a good point there hasn't been a successful spring league in over 50 years even NFL Europe as much as I I keep bringing it up and saying I was you know a, a good developmental league it folded within what two years yeah I got a couple of good players out there but it folded. It, it wasn't able to stick around. Speaking of stick around, they asked about would there be football next year? And they wouldn't comment yes or no, but basically said it is in the conversation right now to try, try to pull something out. But with COVID going on right now, with no fans uh, being able to come, come to games, it's going to be tough. Now, probably the only positive to come out of this, if they were to have a, a football season next year, is the possibility of a lot of college players playing in it. Because we already saw, I think it was late last night or early this morning, the UConn football team canceled their football season. And there possibly could be other teams. Now, Grant Notre Dame joined the ACC for this year. They're um, but the fact that there's only going to be only conference type games, it's going to be tough to have players want to keep playing. And we're already seeing a couple players from, you know, Florida State, Miami, uh, the Pac-12 players are, are threatened to sit out. And if they were to sit out, they could join the XFL in the spring, play their games, and join the 20, uh, 2021 NFL draft and hopefully get drafted just like uh, Kenny Robinson from the Battlehawks did. He got drafted in the fifth round by the Panthers. I think that would be a strong, strong possibility for college players to get some playing time in there before the draft and that would be a good way to get playing tape for themselves as well. Because if they don't play this year, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, COVID is either gone or at its weakest point by the time next spring comes. Definitely, it would benefit those players to join the XFL. Now, my last thing I will say about the XFL is, do I think it will work this time around? 
well, you know, like I said, if they keep with the same setup they had going and they get the TV deals back, I can't see why it won't work. We've seen it work. It's just that, unfortunately, COVID hit at the wrong time for the XFL. If they had 15, 20 years into it and had money saved up, and just maybe they would, they would be able to work through this like baseball and, and hockey and all that but unfortunately it was only five six games in and they had to shut it down now i also think too if COVID is still even if COVID isn't still around to help themselves get off the ground running and this was kind of the article too was kind of do like a, a bubble city for the XFL still have four five six teams but only play in one or two cities that would definitely that, that would bring down the cost in uh, travel expenses and insurance probably uh, all that stuff have the East Coast team play the East Coast West Coast team play the West Coast and have the East versus West for the XFL championship just till you get, you know, some eyes on, on back on the league and, and, and grow it. And eventually, you know, maybe you could split it out to different cities. So hopefully XFL does does work out. Cause I, like I said, I did enjoy it. So a uh, little bit of Eagles talk here. Got announced Sunday, Doug Peterson tested positive for COVID. Now he's not showing any symptoms. He's asymptomatic. And as of right now, he is at home leading the team virtually as much as he can. But while he is not allowed in the facility, Deuce Daly is taking over the head coaching job for right now. Uh, Our quarterback's coach was sent home, Press Taylor, because he was in close uh, proximity of Peterson. Even though uh, Press Taylor didn't test positive, he actually came back with a negative result. But they're just being careful with everything. Now, obviously, it's not good that he tested positive, Peterson. But if there was a time test positive, is now because the season didn't even start yet. So, hopefully he'll get better soon. And the thing is, too, is... Even if this was during the season, I think the team would be in capable hands with Deuce. You know, I, I've been y'all for Deuce to have a head coaching job for a couple years now, even an offensive coordinator job. I, I can't believe he hasn't had an off- offensive coordinator job yet. I really think he deserves it with Philly. And, and a lot of people say, well, why? It's just because he's, he's a legendary Eagles running back? This, no. Look at the coaches he learned from. Andy Reid. He played for Andy Reid. He coached with Andy Reid. He coached underneath Peterson, obviously, right now. And when I say he coached under Chip Kelly, I mean there were probably some good things he got from Kelly and a lot of things he got from Kelly that he knows not to do because other than the first year, Chip Kelly was right up there with Rich Kotite. So I think he, he's well overdue for a shot. 
if this was during the season and he took over for two weeks, 14 days, whatever, Peterson has to be away, I think that would open up a door for him to get an interview in the offseason. I, I would hate to see him go, but I love Deuce. You know, I, I hope he gets a at least offensive coordinator job at some point. Just to get his foot in the door and I'd be able to knock it down and, and get a head coaching job. So a little little fight talk, and I, I had to bring this up. I'm sh I'm not sure if you guys seen, but Paige Van Zant is in talks with yes, bare knuckle fighting championship, BKFC, the one I'm always talking about. What is she thinking? Like seriously, she her last fight was uh, her last fight for her contract so she's a free agent she wasn't that good at UFC now granted it's, it's mixed martial arts compared to basically just boxing but even when she was standing she got picked apart she got destroyed and bare knuckle is just what it says bare knuckle there's no boxing gloves it's just knuckles what is I don't even, I don't understand what she's thinking here but the news got the news broke uh, by Mike Russell uh, late last week that Paige Van Zant is close to finalizing a deal. But then Eric Colwell of MMA of MyMMANews.com, who also works for BKFC, responded with that uh, preliminary talks were underway, but nothing was close. I pray that they don't sign her. It'll be a, a murder if they sign her. Because if if she signed for bare knuckle, you know, BKFC one, the very first one, eh, maybe she might do okay. But now the talent is starting. You're starting to see the talent come in now, and they'll just pick her apart. God, I hope they don't sign her. She's just honestly, she's better off just going to Bellator or one championship where the talent is a little bit. Not to put them down, but a little bit less than UFC. But God, I just hope she's not that stupid. So before we go, there's a UFC fight night this week, uh, this weekend. And it is main evented by Derek Lewis and Alexi Olenek. Two of my favorite fighters. It's going to be tough for me to pick between those two guys. I mean, as, as of right now at this point, because I've been flip-flopping all week. I'm going with Derek Lewis. I like Derek Lewis. I don't know if he can beat him, though. I mean, the old guy is just tricky. You know, like you don't... And he can take a punch, so it's going to be interesting. But So here, here's the rundown of the fight card, the main card. So you got Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek for the main event. The co-main event is... Chris Weidman versus Omari Akhmedov. Before them, you got Darren Stewart versus Maki Pitolo. Then we have a women's bantamweight fight with Yana Kuraskaya versus Julija Stolarenko. Sorry if I butchered your name. I know I butchered your name, but the fight will be kicked off with a lightweight fight between uh, Benel Durish versus Scott Holtzman. And 
it's also taking place at the Apex Center. So this should be a good fireworks card, I think. I mean, just Chris Weidman alone, you know he's going to get knocked out. Uh, I don't even know how he's still a co-main event. This, this may be his last fight. If he gets knocked out or loses, the retirement talk, I think, is going to start getting louder and louder and louder. But give my picks. Uh, the first fight, Benel Dursch versus Scott Holtzman. I like Dursch. His last fight it was a very gritty fight. From what I remember, I think he was like he was getting picked apart the first and part of the second round and just came back and, and won it. So I'm going with uh, Dursch there. Then a women's bantamweight fight. I'm going to go with uh, Yana Kunitskaya. Honestly, I mean, I can't really remember if I if I seen her fight. If I seen a picture of her, I probably would remember then. So obviously, my pick is just going to be a a shot in the dark there. Uh, after that, we have the middleweight fight: Darren Stewart versus Mekki Pitalo. I'm going to go with Darren Stewart there. And then, like I said, Kobe event Chris White. I mean, he's getting knocked out. Uh, I could see even the first round. So obviously, I'm going to Amari. Akhmadov there. Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. Um, I want Derek Lewis to win because I think if he loses one more fight, his aspirations at a title shot are over. But I'm gonna go with Alexi Olenek, and I think he's gonna go. With, I think he's gonna get Lewis in one of those those chokes he does. I I don't even know what they're called. Like he basically crushes your your windpipe type deal. So, hopefully, if I don't have work Saturday or Sunday morning, I'll live tweet with you guys. I know the past couple times I've been saying I would do it, but, you know, work came about. Um, if I if I, if I can't live tweet or whatever, maybe I'll just do a quick live video um, before the fights or even the next day. So, uh, to follow me, well, the show, I should say, head over to Twitter. ST Sports Podcast, follow us there, as well as our Facebook page. Like and share that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and head over to our website, staytunedsports.net. Uh, Even if you guys go over there, that, that the links to all our socials are there. Um, click on the merchandise, look around. Want to buy something? You know, it'd be a good, nice birthday gift for your kids. There's nothing vulgar or anything like that. So, uh, till next time, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.